against Roger Rabbit, analyzing who framed Roger Rabbit one minute at a time, with special guest Jeff Walsh. Hello, and welcome to Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit, the podcast that dissects the film Who Framed Roger Rabbit uh, one minute at a time. I am Annie McMullen, slightly different because I have post-COVID voice, so I'm, I'm leaning into my Jessica era uh, with, this, with the scratchiness. And and as always, I have my co-host, Chris Blair. Hey, I don't think my voice is scratchy, but uh, if it is, write us in. You can work on it. Oh work on my old yeah. scratchy voice. And once again, we have special guest, improviser extraordinaire, friend of the podcast, Jeff Walsh. Wow. Thank you so much. I'm so ha- I've been having such a good time coming back and seeing you guys. Thank you so much for having me once again. It's great. It's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. It's nice having you here. No, you guys are super fun. Thank yeah. you. So uh we're talking about minute 51 today. Minute 51. So, you know, last episode was a milestone episode. <laughs> and this is a, this is a mini milestone, mm-hmm. a stepping stone on the way to the next milestone, which is which is half the movie. Yeah, right? which I think is officially the next episode because I think this oh. movie is 104 minutes long. So uh, we're one away. So this one's the middle child between yeah. two, two milestones, but important <laughs> nonetheless, right? Every even middle child children should be loved. Yeah, maybe. we'll see yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. uh and the minute starts with roger singing while breaking plates on his head in a pretty disturbed way and then ends with an alarm going off yeah it's um i i love roger's complete dedication to this by uh by breaking the plates on his head which uh this you know dolores is kind of cool with everything before but once roger starts doing this uh she is uh, very not happy I think this is Dolores's caretaker. Like, I think she is in many ways, like the only person who, I don't know, views everyone as like a living being. <laughs> she's like, no, he's clearly out of control. He doesn't want to be doing this. Whereas before she's like, he's having fun. He's dancing, he's singing, he's entertaining. He's in his happy place. Yeah. My, my question about this specific moment, since we're just starting right here, is that he's breaking the plates, the record is skipping. Is he committing to the bit or is he unable to proceed because the record is skipping? Will he do this forever if Eddie doesn't solve the situation? And is it because he because uh, Roger wants to? Because Roger's compelled to. Definitely the latter. I, mm-hmm. I I do think Roger has no choice in the matter. This is the mm-hmm. funny thing to do. Mm-hmm. So Roger is locked into this decision. Yeah. You can see it on his face. He does not look happy about it. He's in like a weird trance. Like, yeah. I think they make that to me. There's no there's no question about that part that he's in some kind of weird, like, you know, not entirely conscious or in control state. So he's, so you think so who thinks that he is in control when doing this? No one. Okay, so you think he's out of control in doing this, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He has no no choice at all. Um, right. He probably sees the danger in this situation, but it's the funny thing to do, and um, his his tune his tune biology does not let him do any different. Right. And Hoskins' faces in the beginning of this minute are are crazy legendary. He just is. 
acting the hell out of it, like with it, with his facial expressions, just every single uh, second that you want to pause in this minute is uh, is a delight of expression. I have to stop myself every week from choosing Bob Hoskins face as the MVP because Mm -hmm. it just does like 80% of the work of this movie. It's so good. It's a great, great toony face. Yeah. So right after this, uh, Eddie throws Robert or Robert, Robert the rabbit. (laughs) Eddie throws Roger into the back room and he gets a bucket stuck on his head. And I'm pretty sure they switch out the bucket halfway through. This feels like a blooper to me. Oh, really? And I'm not very observant, so I don't catch these things. But apparently with bucket shapes, that's really where I, that's where I get my stride. (laughs) That's a different shaped bucket. Yeah, because the one he tries to pull off his head is squared. And the, and the one I think he gets tossed into is, is rounder, at least oval. Mm. I'd like, I'd like validation about this yeah i'm not sure i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna have to do some investigation here uh some i think i see what you're saying like that the original one is is very did you say the original one's very round it's round it's, yeah the it's first very it's round. round yeah and then and then the one that he's taking off his head has rounded corners which is but it's different square. yeah yeah but it's, yeah do you think maybe this is like roger's head doing this to the bucket maybe I don't know. No, I think like if it were intentional, they would have made like a gag about it, right? This is what I think happened. Wait. I need to watch something really quick to confirm. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the bucket right now, and it definitely is a different shape than yeah. than when it's before he's his head has kicked into it. Is is are one of the buckets? Oh, no, you know what it is? I'm seeing it now. It it's a it's not uniform. It's square on one side and round on the other. Oh, okay. okay. But it's so it, it you see the other side of it in this next scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, so we thought you got we thought so, we got you, Robert Zemeckis, yeah, but uh, you yeah. won this round. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's actually it's actually uh, a smart marketing ploy from the people who made the bucket, right? Like, <laughs> do you want a round bucket? I, I got you. You want rounded corners on a bucket? We've got that too. And in fact, it's all in one. Check this out. The brand new half round, half square uh, corners bucket. <laughs> for 1947 edition. And uh, that's that's got to be what this is. It's got to hey, be. Listen, after you become a trolley boy, I think you should move into bucket sales. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, Buckethead, <laughs> the guitar player, <laughs> was traumatized by this moment. Um, this is this is what started it all. Yeah, this is and this is what started it all. Uh, did you notice the the cigarette ad uh, when he kicks the door open? Right, there's this. It's a, a Lucky Strike cigarettes, I think. Isn't that what it says? Oh. Yeah, be happy, go lucky, Lucky Strike. Wow. Not really care. Yeah. 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 Advertising to the kids back in '88. Are we? This was yeah, it was fine. It was fine back then. You can. Uh, I'm saying if there's all the smoking. Say that again. I'm sorry. Oh, you can encourage all the smoking to the kids yeah. back in, in in that time. Absolutely, absolutely. I do. You guys remember Lucky Jeans? The the jeans. Yeah, I, I remember. Yes, Lucky the jeans. Yeah, the yeah. denim the denim trousers. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I, I worked for Nordstrom for a really long time. And my first job at Nordstrom was that I sold in the men's brass rail. And that's where we sold lucky jeans. And uh, I was 18 years old and we sold just so many of those. I can't even tell you. And the whole deal with them was that in the fly, it said lucky you. So you had to fold them in a way that you could see that when they were on a shelf. So I have like I had like nightmares where I would just go to sleep and dream about like refolding because you have to do this very specific, really annoying, like origami-esque fold to get the crotch to be very visible when it's on a shelf. And I've folded thousands of those things just to make a stupid, crude joke (laughs) about about you being lucky that you've unbuttonflied these jeans. So I don't think I like the word lucky. Yeah. Oh, got it. That's where we're going with this. Got it. Okay. I don't know where I was going. Yeah, it I got just it. Reminded I was, me. I was, it was just triggering. I had gotten lost in the story. Really, I mean, <laughs> it was an actual gem of a story. But then I, I had forgotten that we too. came all the way back to be happy, go do you, lucky. Do you think like a tune made lucky jeans? Um, yes. That seems like that's a very tune joke. I do. One morning, because we used to have to open at 7 a.m. during the holiday season, one morning, I got there at 5 a.m. and I, a single 18-year-old girl, uh, had to unpack 50 totes of those jeans. 50, 50-pound 50 totes. Now, uh, I have a question. Uh, define tote in this, oh. in this because because I can think of a tote bag. So no, 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 no. Like 50 a, like, tote bags, that's only saying 50 pairs of jeans to me, and I don't know, like a, I don't know where my sympathy lies. A big plastic bin that big they ship bin. merchandise that a- from the distribution center in, and it... You know, they always like if you go to Home Depot, they sell them in like the sizes are listed in gallons. I don't know sure, how sure. many gallons that is, but I, but they were, you know, probably two and a half, three feet long yeah. and, and two feet wide. And now I'm with you. Got it. That's yeah. called a tote, huh? You call those that's what totes? they that's what we called them in the biz. Oh, wow. <laughs> now we're talking biz talk. I love it. It was a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> Um, this this joke is kind of weird where like Roger's talking all about like how like um um well first Eddie Eddie and and Roger have a little debate uh Roger thinks our good friend uh, who gets uh, made fun of by all the other uh by all the other trolley boys uh might sell them out and Roger doesn't think so because he because he made him laugh Right. And um, well, while Roger's giving this speech about uh, how laughter is the most important thing, he literally gets up onto a soapbox. And he gets this weird glow about him. And it's not external lighting. Like if you look like no- none of the lighting in the room has changed. And and they're so specific about light- lighting in this movie because of the, the tune part, right? Um, that he, he starts to like, he gets as if they're filming it with like Vaseline on the lens, that look, you know, mm-hmm. um, like he gets like a soft glow about him. I think that part's really amazing too. Yeah. I, I do wonder like what the, what they're going for. Cause usually when I hear like somebody gets up on their soapbox, it's usually kind of done in a disparaging way. Like, Oh yeah. Like they're getting all like self-righteous about something. Mm-hmm. It, this has to me more of a, like, um, it, it, it's a beautiful life, you know, like, uh, the realization moment right where you give like the speech and um you you just put it all together and you feel part of something bigger i mean he's not wrong right he's not i mean he's not he's not entirely wrong no that's like honestly like one of the best things you can do with your 
day, week, month, or year is like hang out and laugh, you know? Like, so yeah, I mean, like we'd be dumb or like, or even, or, or when you try to make people laugh, you could feel silly or maybe it doesn't work. Uh, the three of us do it, at, yeah. you know, with each other in front of people, all that stuff. But really when it comes together and you're laughing and other people are laughing, I just don't know if there's anything better. So I, I just really love this. Better. I just really love this moment. Like, I, you know, we're cracking jokes and, and making fun in the last episode, we talked about Charlie boys or whatever, but like, but like truly this moment in this minute, like happy to be here for this. Cause I don't know. I believe it, man. I, I, it's a, it's, it's, it's a truism. Like there's nothing better than laughing. There's just nothing, nothing's better. Yeah. I'm with Roger a hundred percent on this one. Yeah. And I think like, this is, it, it really becomes apparent that cartoon characters, the tunes in this world are the comedians of this world. Uh, there's a, there's a high parallel in just this need to make people laugh and make the world a little bit of a lighter place. I think he's absolutely right. I totally agree with you guys. And I, I think all of us live our lives that way, right? Like nobody, nobody goes to all the trouble of performing improv for like the money (laughs) or the prestige. (laughs) You do it because like laughing, laughing's the best. And whether you're doing it or making someone else do it, it's equally fun. So, you know, I, I agree, but the thing I want to say about this moment in particular is like, we've talked a lot about how annoying Roger is. And he's like, not even really very funny, you know, like he's just kind of annoying. And this is the one moment where he's just really endearing, you know, like, and genuinely endearing. Cause he hasn't, he hasn't ever been insightful or said anything interesting or whatever. He's mostly just kind of like this annoying, weird rabbit in raver overalls. Um, yeah. And you're like, why is Jessica in love with you? He's uh, been goofy and he's been sad. And um, this is this is where we see him just be very sincere. Yeah. It's sweet. Kind of like this episode, am I right? <laughs> kind of like this episode. Wow. The three of us, a bunch of clowns in overalls. Oh, hanging up out. Soapboxes. Up on our soapboxes. Telling people that laughter is the best medicine. And also, and I insert some joke here. Insert some controversial joke forming, here. Please. Forming a band of steampunk incels called the yeah, Trolley exactly. Boys. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Jeff, uh, if I, if I were really brave, I'm sorry, if I were really brave, I would have stuck like a really bad joke in there. You know what, I mean? what would you do if you weren't incels. afraid, Jeff? Oh, God, I'm terrified. <laughs> yeah, what would you do if you could do anything? And we're talking about sexually right now. What would you do? <laughs> I have a, I, listen, here's a real, real question for you guys. A mm-hmm. real question. And I, I haven't had the opportunity to ask this in the other two, but is this what you brought me here for? <laughs> Did you bring me here on this podcast? Did you bring me here? Am I the only person you do this to? I am a nice person. Okay. I am, I have good, strong morals and values. Hey, Jeff, Jeff, are you familiar with polyamory? <laughs> Uh, who is that? Chris and I have Chris and I have something we wanted to ask you. Yeah, it's not me you need to ask. I'm married. Have been happily a long time. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's fine. We're she's invited. Oh my god. You are gonna get me in a lot of you're gonna get me in so much, you're gonna get me in like Eddie-like trouble. Eddie, I'm so Eddie sorry, Jeff's wife. It, this is a joke that Jeff brought on himself. Uh, she has a name. She's not Jeff's wife. I don't know her. 
And I know you can't see anything right now, listeners, but Jeff is just accidentally headbutted Annie's boob. <laughs> oh my God. I'll barely apologize. I bar- I apologize. I apologize. I if that were me, and I won't flinch. <laughs> going back two minutes, if that were me, the name of this movie would be Who Apologized to Jessica Rowe? And it would and I would be the culprit. Because there's no way I would no way I could just barely apologize like he did in minute where are we are we in, we are in what 50 we're in minute 51 we're, yeah in minute 49 this guy is a stone cold killer with that apology he we're, like, to we're be on way to, more we're on to minute three of jeff apologizing yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly it's just it's, it's 104 minutes of me just being like you don't understand i'm so sorry i would never do that that's not who i am i just need to understand things. i see you as more than a physical object that's right that's right <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a real question for me? Or is no. it just you're here, you're here to sabotage just, just uh, this life that this 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 life that I've built up for myself. <laughs> Wanna come on our podcast? It'll be easy and sweet. <laughs> Nobody well, use nobody's ever used the word sweet. <laughs> yeah. Not with you two. No, no. <laughs> um this uh this light that goes off there, uh it's uh, it's it seems like it's a pretty dramatic way to end the minute. And I know they weren't making this movie with us in mind, knowing that we were gonna be breaking this down minute by minute, ending exactly at the the minute mark for for each each subsequent one. Uh but pretty good timing, because this is a real cliffhanger that that, well, that we when did when did prohibition end? Like 1984 or like 2000? Like <laughs> yeah, when no, did about, that end? It was about the 80s. Yeah, it's around 2000. Yeah, it's year <laughs> 2000. Okay, so I'm assuming that light is because of prohibition. It's, it's right? been a while. Yeah, it's, it's been, been over years. 10 years. Oh, probably about. Uh, Do you know what my favorite? You know what a, a fun fact that I have that's probably a lie, and I'm sure someone will be like, "That's actually not true," but I still like to say it on a pretty regular basis because it just validates how I feel, oh and that God. is that martini glasses are like up glasses right were made during prohibition because they're designed to get like every single last drop out which also makes them the world's worst freaking glass for everything all the time because they're just designed to spill shit everywhere mm-hmm. all the time and then and you're drinking alcohol so you're more prone to spilling shit i hate them they're the worst the worst glass and the only reason that they make sense is in the context of prohibition, but yet we were committed to them. We're still drinking out of them. We're still acting like it's a functioning glass. It isn't. It's uh, prohibition things are, are fun. Have you, have either of you been to a speakeasy? Of course. Yeah, sure. so they're yeah. fun. They're fun to go to. It's fun okay. to pretend that we're doing something forbidden when yeah. we're drinking alcohol. Actually, yeah. there's bourbon and branch. Pretty good, pretty good speakeasy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like the mustaches. The prohibition yeah. mustaches. Yeah. You, know, you know, you know what I mean. I don't need. I don't need to get into it. I think the listeners know what I mean too, and they're probably shaking their heads, being like, "Yeah, those mustaches." Probably one of the best things to come out of prohibition. But I'll tell you what: that when that prohibition ended in the year two thousand, those mustaches fell out of style. Mm. It's actually, back. because in the uh, the fine print of the amendment, uh, I forget which one it was that um, making alcohol legal again, they also put those mustaches are illegal. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I don't know. I mean, you you can't have one without the other. You can't have one without the other. You can't have both. But prohibition and mustaches. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. those particular prohibition mustaches. That's actually the name of the Trolley Boys' first album. Yes, prohibition <laughs> mustache. <Yeah. laughs> uh, I can't go there again. I'm terrified to say the joke that I have. 
you need to say it. <laughs> no, I yeah, can't. I think I, I think I'll say it off the thing. air. We'll edit. Let's, we'll let's, edit it out. We'll edit oh, it out. Hey, how about this? Let's do this uh, for the uh, for the people who subscribe to the special. Oh, this is for the Patreon subscribers. Yeah, for the Patreon. Ooh, hello, Patreon. Do you want want more uh, dirty prohibition jokes? <laughs> subscribe now. There's no Patreon version of this, is there? Is this whole thing Patreon? Uh, no, no, none, nothing I behind the paywall at this point. I feel, I would feel, I feel terrible enough that people sometimes pay to come see me perform. I couldn't imagine them paying to hear me on a podcast. So, why would you feel terrible about bringing so much joy into the world? Thank you, Annie. Because if people want that joy, they have to give Jeff money. That's right. Wait, that's not. I said the exact opposite, Chris. I said, I said hundred percent the opposite of that. Look, if you want to charge people to listen to this podcast, that's your business. All right. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Uh, it, I'm gonna it, get it, Jeff. I'm gonna get uh, Jeff little uh, little business cards in the shape of a mustache. It just has a oh QR code God. with a link to this podcast. <laughs> Don't you dare! That would be that's a joke too far. That's that that's the antithesis of what Roger is trying. That's sort of to my whole right mo is one joke too far. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. at the beginning of this podcast, we were talking a lot about how like the cartoon characters they're the ones making people laugh and they get paid in peanuts. But I realized it's pretty much the same for us. People Absolutely. are paying to watch us do shows, and uh, we receive zero percent of that money. But that's a testament to the power and importance of laughter. Is like mm-hmm. we all have like jobs that pay us in money that we can buy goods and services with, and instead, I'm like you know what, I think I'm going to dedicate almost all of my free time to clowning around and being an idiot on stage uh, just just to be paid in the laughter of three individuals who have come inside to watch this show. I do love it when people occasionally take an improv class and they're they're saying they, they're doing it because they want to make the money um, <laughs> and, and they're good. not making a joke. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's... um. I want what they have. Yeah. <laughs> I've even had a couple of students saying they're doing it uh, 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 to uh, to be irresistible to the opposite sex. No, you have oh, for real. People have said, yeah, yeah that's this not is, gonna. Yeah. That it doesn't work like that. Are they women? Because it really doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that you're absolutely resistible at that point. <laughs> Hundred percent resistible. You're probably already resistible, but you, you know, what I mean, like walking around being like, "Hey, yo, just finished my 101." Uh, you know, next thing you know, you're going to be in that bar with the trolley boys. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> I mean, in that respect, Roger does fit right in. Although he did land Jessica with his sense of humor. Um, no, uh, yeah. Jeff, we were recording uh, Nish's segment, and I said I told uh, Chris and Nish that uh, the guy I'm seeing is going to come to our show on the 12th and um and they both were like oh nothing good can come of that oh that's not gonna go that's not gonna go well oh no 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 one's ever been more attracted to someone after they saw them perform improv and I was like great I mean I have a this I've been uh I've been performing improv for I don't know how long a long time you know a long time and I think uh, my wife has seen me perform like twice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've been boring a lot. And that's time. that's why you're still married. That's yeah, exactly that's, that's right. Exactly move. right. Exactly yeah. right. She, <laughs> well, we'll she's see. Way smarter, way smarter than me, and actually way funnier than I am. Uh, so lucky me. Um, go a call back to uh, your genes. Lucky, <laughs> lucky me. 
Oh, All right. Yeah. It's yeah. Totally me. Well, we'll get you. We'll get you a pair with yes. that written on the. That's zipper. what it should say. Yeah, the... it should say that. Yeah, it should. Yeah. But there's no humility within the lucky brand. It's the button fly of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> lucky me. Um, well... And 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 improv is the. Um... It's the the birth control of comedy. How oh, that's that's actually a good way to. Find that's it. probably pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of childless people in the improv community. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, so. uh, well, so this weird is weird that I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> this is a perfect segue into the the uh, next segment of the show, uh, the baby of the uh, of the podcast. Of course, I'm talking about Friday with Nish. Friday with, with Nish is where we give our friend Nish a call and see what he thinks about these minutes. Oh, could you believe Nish said that? He, he the stuff he comes up with is wild. It's really wild. It was it was actually very inappropriate. I felt uncomfortable several <laughs> times with Nish talking this time. Yeah, yeah, it was wild. You know, it was one of those things like um, where I was just I was a little uncomfortable uh, being on the show. <laughs> I just couldn't believe what Nish was saying, you know, yeah. I, and I, and I, I, I've met and known Nish. Such a, such a nice right? guy. Such a nice such guy. A nice guy. It's nice weird guy. to hear him say something that like, it's not explicitly, but it, it feels violent. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah. 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 He is. Yeah. Yeah. Pacif pacifist in person. <laughs> right. Yeah. This absolutely this violent telephone conversationalist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it really it really brings out a, a different side of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do we have anything else for this minute? No, but I am going to say that I think, um, you know, while the lighting put on a good show in this minute, I think uh, I think the MVP has to go to the bucket. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just it pulled focus for so much of the minute. The, the tri-corner you know? bucket. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know the name of that shape because I'm not a smart woman, but I'm sure there's a name for a shape of something that's a, 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 a sort of a semicircle on top of a square with rounded corners. Mm. Yeah. 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 I don't think you not knowing that <laughs> is a reflection of absolutely anything. I, I don't know that any of the three of us know that. I do not know it. My closest guess would be semicircle. Yes. Right. But I also don't know what year anything happened or even what decade yeah. or era. I, or... I probably would have called it a uh, squound. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. I think it's a squound. Shape. One of the two. One of the two. But It's a, uh, a squectangle. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's a squectangle. Uh, <laughs> Wait. Yeah. No, it isn't. It's literally not because that's a square and a rectangle yeah. combined. Which yeah. I... <laughs> yeah. Which would just right. be a rectangle, I think. Like I, I said, I I'm very intelligent. <laughs> Stop. Right now, it's time for everybody's favorite segment of the show. I'm talking about Friday with Nish, where our friend Nish gives us a call, and we find out what he thinks about these three minutes of the movie. You know how it works by now. Let's get to Friday with Nish. It's Friday with Nish. Ooh, what a dish. Tell your mother. Tell your shrink. Tell us, Nish, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, hey, Chris. Oh, hey, Nish. Hey, Annie. Hey, Nish. How are you guys doing? I'm sorry if I'm late. I was, uh, I feel I was running late all over today, you know, everywhere. No, this is, this is perfect time. We were actually just talking about you and introducing oh, yourself. really? Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. No, perfect timing. I, I love it when 
people talk about me when I'm not around, but especially when you guys talk about me, that's even better. <laughs> we um, talk about you a lot. That's mm. correct. It's yeah. mostly just like longing, yeah. you know? It's a lot we, of we miss you on the days you aren't here. Uh, it's good to be missed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I miss you guys too. It's been a, it's been a few, few, few days, few days since I have called. Few time, yeah, it's, been a, it's been a few time periods. <laughs> exactly one week, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, Nish, you watched minutes forty nine through fifty one of the movie. What did you think? Uh, I did watch it, and I feel like I've been redeemed of a number of my theories from the past. Oh, getting close to it. Yeah. Uh, it's um my the whole. You know how I predicted that the transportation company is somehow involved. And Cloverleaf is back in action. Yeah. Yeah. So they're... Sorry, maybe I'm jumping ahead, but. No, I no, that's perfect. Yeah, that's, that happened. I mean, what what did you think about that revelation? What do you, did that give you any new thoughts about? I, I was like, I told you so. Like I was just <laughs> watching it and I told you so to like, to nobody. Like there was nobody else when I was watching it, but I couldn't stop saying yeah. it. Uh, well, my cats are looking at me strangely, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> I'm like, it's not you, but, you know, I've been talking about it, like, and uh, they didn't, I mean, they didn't acknowledge or do anything, but, yeah. Well, we do have a segment of the show where we call your cats on, um, on <laughs> yeah, Wait, what, what are your cats' names? Uh, oh, we've not talked about them much. Yeah, no. Badger. Badger? Uh, yeah. I Badger love it. Badger is a boy, Jellybean is a, is a girl in a... They're one month apart. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, I have a cat. His name's Nandor the Relentless. That's oh, a lovely good. name. Good. I like any uh, any cat with a uh, epithet and an article in their in their name. <laughs> He's a good boy. Oh, uh, maybe I would try to get them on uh, on the call, but they're just hard to. Yeah. You know, cats. They're they just have their own they own work at the it's a real freelance schedule <laughs> i spent most of the weekend uh making building my cat uh like a a mobile workstation so that when i'm sitting at my desk he can sit next to me because my desk is not big enough and he wants to like sit on my keyboard and yeah. then i can't work so i made him a little cart i put a sheepskin in there and yeah. um uh it came there was these like hanging uh, cups right off the side like you could put like yeah. utensils in or something this was all at ikea um and i put his wheatgrass in there because he likes to munch on it so he has like a mobile cat station so that he can sit next to me and work i don't think it's going to make him any more productive he is he's not a great employee that's amazing but he's cute uh, yeah uh my cats like to type on my laptop and i would <laughs> i think uh if they had their own workspace they would, they would type less on my laptop. Right. Well, let us know if they type up any good fan theories about the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I will. Right now, it's mostly um, AFGH. That's <laughs> sometimes, sometimes space bar. <laughs> Another cat you should name it space bar. <laughs> space bar. Oh, that's space bar the Why do you think that, uh, that Cloverleaf wants to buy Toontown? Well, oh, 
That I don't know. But now that we know that they want to buy Toontown, uh, we know that they're involved potentially in the in the conspiracy to frame Roger Rabbit. Um, and the trans same people who wants to own entertainment and transportation. Um, I oh, you you think that they're gonna um, they want to own entertainment and transportation? Well, <laughs> you think you there. think what you just said word for word? <laughs> yeah, they want to own both entertainment and transportation. Right. And the and the red car is you know just one of the first purchases in the transportation. Public transit is what they want to own and maybe want to kill it. And oh. because that's what happened in the past in LA, right? That was where my theory was that LA, in my mind, at some point LA had had a public transit and a future for more public transit. Well, they say that in the movie, don't oh. they? Huh? They don't do they say, say yeah. That, that it has a great public transportation system, which like anyone in 1988 or since then would be like, what? <laughs> yeah, I killed it. And uh, I think... Uh, yeah, do, do you have any theories for that of why they'd want to kill the public transportation? Or the motor industry for Ford and all that, uh, GM. Uh, and now why would they want to get tuned down? That goes in like, maybe they're like anti-tune and now mm. want to destroy one place where tunes are kind of like you know they have more control maybe uh and kind of ruin tune life it's very getting very dark as i said but <laughs> like bad stuff and the tunes are good you know do you think hmm okay so so what do you feel like because you've been pretty steadfast in this cloverleaf uh, theory for quite a long time right so um i don't think that we've seen this is like one of the first evolutions of your theory we've seen in quite a while but what do you think you still don't know well i think i think there is something right there is some missing piece where uh why is uh uh you know entertainment people and want to kind of frame one of the tunes because they make so much money off the tunes, right? They don't. They still want them in their places uh, of, uh, you know, movies and shows. Um, and so, why would they want to do that? It's kind of unclear. So that's where I think you know. Because I think there was a world where tunes and humans could live very happily with public transit uh, for everyone, but and there could still be a lot of profit for a lot of people. But uh, that's where. Uh, this anti-tune sentiment, I don't know where uh, what's going on with that. Maybe tunes are doing too well in, uh, and maybe he's become too popular, Roger Rabbit, and they want to get him. I don't know. He's right. wielding too much power. <laughs> I mean, he's just trying to make people laugh, as he said. That's a very uh, and he's just too optimistic. And I mean, I guess they they have to blame it on someone, right? If they want to, if they want to get rid of the guy who owns Toontown, they've got to have some sort of uh, patsy for it. Yeah, I don't know what Jessica Rabbit's thing is though, because she is, she kind of is kind of like the main star there, no? No, well, was she performing in uh, Toontown? No, she's performing uh, in a bar right outside of Toontown. 
right? I think on the on the border of like Toontown. But she's also in the shorts. So does she act as well? Is she a triple threat? Dances sort of shimmies. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what her deal is though. She was listening to the whole conversation of all the revelation and yeah. was not reacting to it. Or was her reaction was a little bit different from uh Eddie's. Eddie's was complete surprise. Do you think that she's on on Roger's side or do you think she might be working with someone else? I feel that like I you've know. gone back and forth about this. Yeah. I think that's the mystery. I think this is what probably makes the movie so good. Like now at this point we cannot tell, but um I want to believe that she is still on the side of um uh Roger Rabbit just because uh it would be kind of nice if she was. <laughs> what about RK Maroon, the uh the studio um the studio owner? Do you now that like they said, well he's not involved with this, does this change your I think he's maybe somewhat somewhat involved. Maybe he's just a puppet who's like kind of like you know how there are when there's like someone really evil, they use people who are kind of bad, but they're like not too evil, but they can be manipulated and influenced into doing things. Uh, and maybe he's like one of that level of uh, uh, character, right? And uh, because he's the one who sent Eddie to take the pictures and the pictures became proof. Like it's part of the setup, right? Like uh, that is not a coincidence, right? This is all conspiracy. If uh, um, And yeah, and Eddie will find out. First they took the red car. Now they want to take Toontown. <laughs> As somebody who does comedy yourself, what did you think about Roger's little show in uh, in the bar? I thought it was fun. I thought when he started um, breaking plates, uh, when the music was stuck, uh, and when the record was, you know, uh, wouldn't move, it was kind of funny. I like physical comedy, and I think it was good. Good to see all the plates break. Uh, yeah. And He's sort he of the Robin Williams of tunes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he really is. <laughs> I'm surprised he wasn't an option of someone who could who could voice him. I mean, this movie was made a few years before um before Aladdin was, and that making celebrities your voices was the thing to do. But well, I mean, I think we talked about this before, uh, because we've just talked about how yeah, celebrities are are voice actors now, and that like it sucks because yeah. they're not that good at it. Um, and. I, the article that I read about it specifically referenced Aladdin as being kind of the first movie that did that. So probably no one had had that idea yet or yeah. they just knew that it was a bad idea. I mean, yeah. Robin Williams is a special case, right? He was pretty good at it because he's Robin Williams, but um, most celebrities, not great, not great at it. We don't need any movies with Chris Pratt doing voice work, but yeah. here we are. <laughs> kind of interesting like I never thought of it like there was definitely like the celebrities doing voiceovers now every movie they have to yeah because uh, it brings there's like a draw right like there's built in press and then they can send them out to do talk shows and say yeah. stupid stuff 
right and it's like almost it, it almost reflect badly on the film if it's like who's your voice actors people you've never heard of it's that right. would be a hard sell yeah charles, a... charles fleischer is not going on you know jimmy kimmel well yeah. not yet not till he's on our podcast um <laughs> uh, does pixar also use celebrities or they just do because i think they oh might, yeah they also use yeah um like think about like Toy Story Inside Out, Tom Hanks, yeah. yeah. Inside Out, it's like all oh, yeah, celebrities. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Yeah. yeah, it's like Mindy Kaling and um, uh, Amy Poehler, and I think like everybody is a celebrity in that one. Yeah, we just need more work for celebrities. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. They're not getting enough. Oh, any last thoughts about these three minutes? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think like any three minutes, like I think this movie for three minutes provides enough excitement. And even as the three minutes kind of ended, there was a light that went down into the back room where right. oh. Eddie was like, let's go ahead. And so it's like always a cliffhanger of sorts. You want to wait for the next three minutes to happen. So wait, I what do you think that about, is? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is, I think it's, I think it's very artistic that like, you know, this movie could actually be enjoyed in uh, three minute segments, like, you know, a series of three minutes, you know, this could be a TikTok, like, you know, every day <laughs> TikTok drops. Think of it. It could be, it could be exciting. And, you know, <laughs> well, we might've discovered the way to do this. Yeah. I think, you know, if you're making a feature length film, you should consider uh, cutting it as three minutes. Uh, Talks. right yeah i mean a full-length movie is too much for for today everything needs to be cut for down mm -hmm. but for future yeah i mean you know look i was right about the transportation company <laughs> so <laughs> i could be right about many things uh, <laughs> any predictions for the next three minutes um um I, I i'm curious like how far are we in the movie like are we halfway through uh, uh yeah we 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 are hitting the halfway point with these three minutes okay where... so there's a lot to come still yeah. mm. i guess like in the next three minutes uh what are those bad bad tunes the ones that uh, the uh, yeah the weasels like i think they're they saw him they're doing something right now uh into the bar and so uh i think it will be more action comedy in the next three minutes um um I don't know in terms of plot movement how much we're going to see in the next three, but a good action comedy coming up. I'm gonna, I'm excited for it. That's my prediction. All right, awesome. Uh, well, thank you for joining us, Nish. I can't wait uh, for you to call next week. I'm hoping we get this also accurately when we when we get your call time. All right. Yeah. Next time, I promise I won't be. Uh, I'll try to be on time and ready and uh, ready to call. But keep talking about me in case I'm late. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I like to be missed. <laughs> Will do. Will do. Well, uh, talk to you soon, Nish. All right. Uh, I'll get going then. All right. Bye, Chris. Bye, Bye Nish. Bye. All right. Uh, that is it for today. Uh, thank you so much for being here again, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, uh, where can people find you at? Uh, before I tell them, let me just say thank you to both of you for having me on the past few episodes. It's been an absolute blast. Uh, Chris is one of my favorite improv teachers. 
that I know that I've had the the luxury of taking that class. And Annie is absolutely, uh, you're one of the, my favorite people to be on stage Aww. with. So it's a real pleasure to be here. And if by chance you want to um, come out and check out some improv, I am a part of the Drunk Theater uh, SF crew. We perform um, Saturdays in the city. You can find us uh, like on Eventbrite or whatever. And I'm also, um, you can also find me on the End Games improv stages. Uh, I perform there every once in a while. I teach there sometimes. I coach there sometimes. But uh, love to yeah, see come, you come out, come, see a show. Yeah. Come watch me make Jeff uncomfortable on yeah. stage. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's a true delight. It's a true delight. It's, it's, it's uh, always, it's, one of my favorite things. Thank you guys so much for having me again. Uh, what a blast this was. Yeah, and um, as I'm sure you've guessed, uh, Jeff is a great, great, funny improviser. And um, did you want to plug your uh, OnlyFans page or or no? Uh, no, I better keep that uh, keep that secret right now. Uh, you know, you're you gonna have to get one just... of those mustache guards to find that <laughs> <Yeah>. bad boy. <laughs> yeah. My OnlyFans, yeah, and get that prohibition mustache going. Got to get the prohibition mustache and and the uh, the the trolley boys. You could find me under Reddit uh, slash r slash only Jeffs. Uh, no, I haven't done. No, I don't know. No. I really hope that that exists and that there oh, is. Oh, God. Oh, me too. I hope and that, 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 that exists. And that people think that that's you. Huge yeah, some, yeah, absolutely. Some some clown is like, these guys suck. I'm going to go find this guy. And they find no. someone. And then and then maybe that person falls in love with whoever only Jeff is. You know? I, no, I want to see the guys who, who are big subscribers to only Jeff's. Uh, and then they show up at our show looking yeah. for looking for the only Jeff. They now, that's somebody else. They look for somebody else. Uh, was only Jeff. What if only Jeff's is just like famous Jeff's throughout history? It's like your Jeff Goldblum's. I'd pay for that. Yeah. It's uh, it's Channing Tatum in Twenty One Jump Street. My name Jeff. Uh, it's. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What are the, I like, don't know. you're just hitting my like top. Those are top tier Annie crushes. So, like, this is you're not you're not unselling only Jeffs I, as long I, as you're not involved. I believe uh, Aspicoli's uh, first name might have been Jeff. Yes, no, sure, like, absolutely, in, Jeff Spicoli. Jeff Spicoli. For sure. No, I'm out on him. <laughs> no, really? Yeah. Wow. Really? What? Did yeah, it's not Sean Penn. Yeah, it is Sean. Yes. Oh, but it's but but we're, but it's the character. The character. I can't get over it. I can't. I can't. Okay. I can't separate the art from the artist on that one. Okay, fair, fair enough. Uh, so uh, thanks uh, so much for listening. We're a Dueling Genre podcast. You can find all of their podcasts, including many more Movies by Minutes ones, on DuelingGenre.com. Join our Facebook group at Group Analyze Roger Rabbit listeners. And we will see you on Monday at the halfway point, minute 52, of Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit.